What's good, everybody? This is Scoobert Dubert. Last uh, solo pod, I was talking about inversions and harmony and a thing that I didn't really talk about too much, but it's called voice leading, where you're taking one note and you're leading it to the next. And so what I really want to dig into and a little inspired by the conversation with Bubby is kind of being free with music exploring different genres. And then also I'm trying to take some of these music theory concepts and explain how they're kind of like grammar. You know, like you can you can pull from different bags of grammar depending on your situation. If I want to talk very professorial, I'm going to speak in a different manner, that kind of thing. Um, and from that, we have the grammar of historical music and we have the grammar of modern music. And oftentimes the coolest stuff is using a little bit of both. Um, and there's a reason why we study some of these things in music school. So Bach is like the king of music school stuff. The, the, we like study it not necessarily to become Bach. It's instead, it's kind of like taking your vitamins or doing your pushups like Bubby did, does, you know, 500 pushups a day. That's four part voice leading exercises. And the real goal of that is not, again, to write like that, but instead to develop what's called a polyphonic mindset. So quick music history lesson. It starts off with Gregorian chant in Western music. Gregorian chant, which is unison chants in the church, and it's just singing a melody. Eventually that evolves into organum, and now you kind of have drone notes and then these chants. So like, also you can think about Indian classical music. We have these drone notes and then melodies on top. A simple form of, you know, two-part playing. We have a drone that's playing, like, say, the root, and then a whole ornamentation on top of that. Anyway, that's that's like drone-based music. Then you develop polyphony, where you just stack um, individual voices on top of each other. And oftentimes they're singing melodies that are counter to each other, creating essential harmonies, but also creating two melodic lines that you can follow. And one of the things I find really fun about bass is that it is the primary counterpoint instrument. You have a vocal melody and then a bass line, and they are dancing together, sometimes against each other, sometimes one's leading the other, sometimes that, that role gets reversed, and sometimes they go in completely different directions, do a little dance on their own, and then come back together. And sometimes they're in lockstep, each supporting the next. And that's what Bubby was talking about with Snoop Dogg, where, you know, he's got gin and juice with four notes, and they're finding opportunities and moments to stretch out and improvise and dance with the melody in a different way or in the you know the case of that like the rap or anything where you're ornamenting and it's that that's that polyphonic mindset is like thinking not just as a support instrument but also as a counter support instrument as a counterpoint and also thinking melodically in everything you do so the voice leading idea is not just saying like oh like less blocky chords it's trying to say inside of every chord there are multiple notes 
sometimes, you know, eight notes. <laughs> sometimes you're going crazy. Um, but usually it'll be three or four notes. How do those three or four notes move to the next note? Be intentional about it. It's regardless if it's blocky, that's fine too. Um, but you can also think about it and say like, where does each of these individual notes, where's the most interesting next place for it to go? So I have three chords and I'm going, or I have three notes in one chord and then I'm going to another chord with three notes. Where is the direction of each of those notes? That's why we learned Bach. So what I want to do is I found a royalty-free version of one of the coolest and most famous uh, Bach fugues. It is the Little Fugue. And I want to play it for you, and I'm going to talk over it and ruin it, just so that you can get a sense of polyphony and counterpoint, and also the ways that you can take a melody and twist it and stretch it and convert it and invert it. And you'll just hear it for yourself. It's the best way to do it. So if you were in music school, you'd be transcribing this, you'd be trying to write a version of this, not to become Bach, but instead to think in multiple melodies at once. So like a Gregorian chant, here you go. Here's the main subject, the musical theme. And that's called the answer that comes in. See how they're playing against each other? They're creating implied harmony. I've got another subject. Now another answer over in the left ear, if you're listening to headphones. Hear how complex this sounds? But you can latch onto any individual note or any individual part of what you're hearing, and it's a melody. They're just a bunch of melodies kind of going against each other. Hear that tension? Sound like fan of the opera? hear how you have that return of that kind of melody, that subject. That's like the chorus in these kind of tunes, right? Here we've kind of changed. Now we're kind of in like a different key. Or in a relatively major key. Listen to the use of repetition, tension, release. Complexity. Simplicity. Bet you didn't think you'd be listening to Oregon today. It's almost over. <laughs> but hear these chord changes? That could be used in modern music, and it has been. 
I mean, even my song Underwater kind of uses some of these same changes. Hear that tension? And now we're back home. G minor. I mean, it's beautiful, right? And that that's the kind of polyphonic thinking that, yes, you can even do in pop music. Not in that way, of course. But thinking about, okay, we have this main melody, and how are we going to talk to it? How are we going to go away from it and return to it? And this is a fun you know, version of another kind of song form, just like we have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. We got a fugue. And it follows a similar form when it's a fugue. And so there's a certain set of expectations that are built into the form that you can break or lean into. And one of the beautiful things about Bach is that he not only like follows the rules and like writes the rules, you also feel something from it. It doesn't feel like you're listening to a textbook. It's, it's really good music, you know? And it's that kind of level of being able to think tonally, but also polyphonically that if you can, if you can kind of do both inside of all of your parts and like be super intentional about where's the guitar going to go next? Where's the piano going to go next? What is the groove? Where does it sit? Like how Bubby was talking about that slight swing in gin and juice, you know, it's like though all of those little micro decisions add up to create complexity, but a lot of them are really simple because like, like you're just kind of like giving weight to every decision um, and, and like still trying to do it freely, but you have a, a G minor thing. Where does the G go next? Where does the B flat go next? Where does the D go next? Instead of just thinking, where does the G minor go next? Think about all of these notes as their own free organism that are all kind of revolving around a nucleus that is the song. It's like a little universe that you're creating. And when you don't think about those individual notes and like where they're going to go, or at least feel that kind of thing, this isn't all, you know, textbook kind of stuff. This is, this is like training a muscle and then you just do it naturally. It's like, like I've talked about before, like basketball players, they don't think about where they're going to put their feet. They practice where they're going to put their feet and then they do it. It's the same thing with music where if you practice and think really deeply about where each of those notes are going to go, you don't have to think about it anymore and you just start doing it like that. Um, and the beauty of composition is you have as much time as you want. You can tweak it and come back the next day and be like, ah, I didn't like that. That didn't move me. And you always have a North star of what moves you, just like Bubby was talking about. If it's not moving you, it's not going to move other people. So just wanted to give you a taste of, of Bach organ fugue uh, this, this morning. And um, ho hopefully this helps you think about writing polyphonically and then also listening to parts. Um, there's a, you know, most music is tonal or modal, but uh, polyphony still is a really big deal. And like when I listen to James Jamerson and like, you know, Motown stuff, the thing that makes those very simple songs ascend a lot of times is what the bass is doing in response, in call and response to that vocal. All of this is connected because music, just as Bubby was saying, is a conversation. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to subscribe and rate it five stars if you can. Um, you can check out my music at scubertdubert.pizza. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Mm -hmm.